Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. You know, it's been a while since I got in a review. And I'm thinking that's got to stop. Y'all should go to Podchaser or Apple or, or, or Stitcher or wherever else you go to and leave me a review. Because I need to be seen by more people. Fucking, I deserve it. I deserve it. I work hard for this shit. <laughs> no, I don't. But seriously, I do deserve it. Like, I just want to know what y'all think. So please leave a review either a Podchaser or uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the podcast at if it allows you to leave a review. Um, 916-633-1537. Uh, wretched and ratchet at gmail.com is the email address. Somebody asked me why I have my email address as wretched and ratchet. Uh, because wretched is... Um, defined as somebody who is very unhappy or in an unhappy state. And I say, yeah, that's that's one way to define it. But the other way to define wretched is of poor quality, very bad. Wretched and Ratchet are the books that I generally read. Uh, they are of poor quality. They're usually pretty bad. And they're really ratchet. And I enjoy it. So that's why the email address is wretchedandratchet at gmail.com. I didn't know if anybody else had that question, but just in case you did, there's the answer. Um, it wasn't a mistake. I It wasn't a typo. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, that's, that's how I feel when I read these books. Um, we did get some feedback from a Patreon uh, member. Uh, the Patreon member is uh, Jalene from the It Goes Down in the PM uh, and Coffee After Dark podcast. Y'all should definitely check her out. Um, and she left uh, thoughts on episodes that I have to really uh, check and see if y'all had even gotten yet. Well, y'all must have gotten it because, you know, we're all in the same we're all in the same gang at this point in time. So uh, if y'all haven't gotten it yet, you will. You would get it faster if you were a Patreon member. I think that's really all I can say about it. If you're a Patreon member, you'd get these you you'd get these conversations. Um, but you know, you're just getting them a little bit after everybody else gets them. That's all. Uh, plus, there was content that we did from another one of my shows, Hindsight, that you'll never get unless you uh, get a Patreon. Um, in book number in chapter. In episode two of Old Thought Next Door Part Two, um, I was talking about how my clique was the was the Forty Thieves, 
And yeah, one, two, meet me outside. Like I meant that shit. I said it with all my heart, like a, a six foot one skinny ass black kid in the midst of just all these people at this gathering screaming 40 days. And then four of us walk outside. But her click was a bad romance click. And, and she said, thank God I wilded it out before all the social media got out of hand. Me too. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was doing some horrible stuff. I never was. I was never that type of person. I was always a person who was um, blisteringly afraid that my mom would be looking over my shoulder at any moment waiting to kick my ass. Uh, but yeah. There's things that I got away with. And, you know, I thought about it. I should be dead like six times. And it's not because of anything that would have gotten me killed on social media. It's just because I was a really bad driver when I was a kid. Like, I dart out in the traffic when cars were just pulling up. But in my defense, the cars in the next, 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 next lane over had stopped. And it had opened up a gap for me to get through. So it's not my fault that the car in the next, next, next lane was speeding trying to get to the green light. Even if they had been speeding the entire time and if I had actually looked over to the left, I looked over to the left. But if I looked over there, I would have saw them coming. Also, I ran a car through a wall once. Uh, I don't think I was allowed back at that uh, Chinese food restaurant, which was really fucking sad because they made great shrimp fried rice. You ever wonder how much... Chinese food is actually Chinese food and how much of it is Americanized? I do sometimes. I started thinking about that shit after I realized Taco Bell is not Mexican food. I dare you to go to Mexico and ask them to make you a chalupa. I triple dog dare the fuck out of you. I don't know how I got there either. But um, then in the next book that I, or in the next chapters that I read, um... That was a chapter where uh, Detective Colvin was being a punk motherfucker, like before he became a real punk motherfucker. And he was like, she has a nice car. She must be a suspect. Bitch, you just profiling people. You a bad person, too, now that we're reading further into this. But she was like, apparently having, having a nice car makes you a suspect. And yeah, apparently it does when you're riding down the street. Uh, I've been pulled over before. My dad got pulled over once in Maryland and was told that, um, if him and his Lexus weren't out of that town before it was a sundown town for y'all white people who don't know what a sundown town is. That's a town where if the black people aren't out of town by sunset, bad things are going to happen to them. And they told my dad, the cop pulled my dad over. He was in a Lexus. They told him, that if he was not out of town by sundown, his car would make it out, but he would not. Also, really, are Lexus's luxury cars? Like, did y'all know Lexus is made by Toyota? That When I find out who makes stuff, like the people who make stuff behind the name, like the people, the, the, the people behind the name behind the name, they're not luxury to me anymore. Because now every time I look at a Lexus, I just see a Camry. It's the same way that when I go to Chipotle, I realize they're owned by the same folks who own McDonald's. Both of them make you shit, though. Also, yeah, him digging through. She said, ew, dirty laundry with no gloves. And I hate unedited books. And yeah, me too on both counts. She's an editor, so she really hates it. Me, I just hate it because I have to read it. But yeah, you digging through her dirty ass laundry with 
gloves on is just gross. You're fucking gross. Colvin's nasty. I don't like him. Like, if I saw him on the street, I'd fight him and Gavin side by side. And hopefully Joe would jump in and fight for me and not with me. Let's get back to this punk-ass nigga. So, in the last chapters, um, turns out that uh, Vernita's fits weren't going away. Uh, and she was still seeing things. And so she had a praise break. <laughs> and uh, spoke in tongue to uh, get the uh, ghost out of her out of her room. And then she immediately called over to Dr. Jackson and started talking in some of the foulest fucking terms in the history of ever. So I don't I don't I don't think that's how praise dance works. I don't think that's how the uh, how how praying to God works. But maybe it is. I'll have to ask a Republican one day. If you're a Republican and you heard that, I fucking meant it. Also, Juneteenth is coming up, so you can buy me shit. Cash App is Rashani, R-A-S-H-A-N-I-I. You can go to buy me a coffee and buy me shit, too. Or you can just join my Patreon. Y'all should feel real guilty about the shit you did. What shit? I don't fucking know. But apparently, y'all are going to feel guilty about it soon anyway. And cancel culture is a thing if you're not famous. Or if you're a black woman, because Chrisette Michelle still isn't back. I don't know where that came from either. Chapter 13, Detective Mike Colvin. And if you're white and you feel a certain kind of way about what I said, you should join my Patreon so we could talk about it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. <laughs> There's this feeling of looming joy you get when you assume you're close to solving some kind of puzzle or some other game of mystery. It's that sensation rising deep up in you that gives you slight confirmation that you're just about done solving some shit. This motherfucker says there's 45 minutes left in this goddamn chapter. Holy shit. But just when you think you're almost finished, almost done solving some shit that makes you feel like you're on some Albert Einstein level genius shit, there's always that one puzzle piece that suddenly derails your victory of solving some hard ass shit. Well, that thrilling joy swam through my head right before I met up with Miss Clark. However, after a probing 30-minute conversation with Miss Clark here at this nursing facility, my quest to solve the mystery to Miss Washington was derailed. I was more confused than ever. Why? This nigga Percy was gay. Yes, gay. Like, gay gay. And yeah, I had a problem with that too. Not that he's gay. I don't give a fuck. I had a problem that you didn't say anything while this nigga's dicking down Vernita all over the place and then getting another woman pregnant. And if he's on the DL, which is fine... If he if he's not ready to come out, that's fine. But obviously, people knew, or she's just assuming. Either way it goes, that's 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 something that would need to be disclosed. You know, I think she's just assuming that he's gay. There was just no other way to describe it. And what was Miss Clark's proof of Percy's sexual preference in men? Health insurance. When he worked at the nursing home, Percy had a conversation with her about putting his partner on his health insurance plan. Seemed like after all, Mr. Andrews did have a significant other, and his name is or was Markel Vickers. Exiting through the double doors of the nursing home, my mind was drawing blanks as to what my next move was going to be. But something told me I needed to get in contact with this Mr. Vickers. Now, Miss Clark did tell me she met this Markel individual once. Said he was a nice-looking young man who was in great shape and worked as a fitness trainer. She couldn't tell me the name of the gym, but she did tell me that it was probably a gym not too far away from where Percy was living at the time. When we initially ID'd Percy as a suspect the night he was killed, we found out he lived down in South Shore. 
However, when one of the other investigators within my unit went to the apartment building listed on his identification, the landlord of the building told us that Percy hadn't been living there in quite some time and that he was evicted. With no further trace of where this man could have been living or staying, we just left it at that. I did explain to Miss Clark in great detail what happened to Percy and she was just completely stunned. Told me she couldn't believe anything because Percy was such a good, down-to-earth, caring, and praying man who'd give his shirt off his back during the middle of a freezing blizzard if someone else needed it. Who the fuck does she know? Something wasn't adding up. I trekked through the parking lot fiending for a square. That That's a cigarette, y'all. It's also called a Lucy, a Jack, a cigarette, a butt. We didn't really call it a butt. That was in college. Like, there was a lot of people who called it a butt. Yeah, can you spare a butt? No, I don't. Party pack? That's what my, that's what my uncle called it. Rest in peace. The sun was still out, yet the temperatures were dropping. Roaring winds were cutting through this leather jacket I had on. Shit, I probably should have put on a thicker coat, but whatever. I didn't give a fuck about freezing. Only thing I cared for at the moment was cracking this case. Speaking of which, I need to call up Jake and ask if those results came back from the rape kit. Hopefully some nicotine would probably put a blaze in my brain cells and make me start putting shit together. But back to Mr. Andrews. Other than the armed robbery record, which turned out also to be related to a home invasion, I had no reason to believe this Percy guy was a violent rapist. Especially now, considering that the man was gay. I mean, you couldn't put shit past certain people. Hell, everyone was capable of possibly committing some crazy-ass crime, especially under the right circumstances. But so far, all I knew about this person individual was that he was a nice, unassuming, closeted gay man who out of nowhere committed two crazy crimes. One related to robbery, one related to rape. Let Miss Clark tell it, he wasn't capable of any type of conduct, especially the ones he was accused of doing. I got back into my car and checked my cell phone for missed text messages. The first message I saw from Candace. She texted me some more information about Percy. He had been in and out of the foster care system for all his childhood. Never graduated high school, but he had a GED. Other than serving a stint in prison, this man managed to hold down stable jobs all of his adult life. Why, all of a sudden, did he decide to get caught up with Miss Washington? What was the extent of their relationship? Then I saw I had a missed text from Lisa. Are we still on for tonight? She texted with an attached picture of herself smiling. I texted her back. Yeah, I'll hit you up when I get done with work. I threw my phone in the passenger seat and chucked up the car's engine. Idling for a moment, I had the urge to call Jake and tell him what I found out. I also had the urge to dash back over to Miss Washington's place and ask her some more questions because I just needed to know the full detail of her relationship with Percy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I wasn't supposed to be digging deep like this and I could possibly get in trouble if Lieutenant found out. Nevertheless, at this point with this new information... I had to ask these questions because not only was my hunch still there, but now on a scale of 1 through 10, that feeling was coming in at a strong 100. Something was off. Big time. I've always loved the phrase, big time. Like, I just, I can't, I saw this movie called The Crow. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And um, there's a character named Sarah who's eating a hot dog and the cop asks her if she wants pickles on her, or onions on her hot dog. And she says, no onions. They make you fart. Big time. And so now every time I say big time, I got to say it like that. Big time. Sorry. Let's go. Time was of the essence. And with that being said, I quickly threw the car in reverse and headed out the parking lot, hoping to catch the E-Way ASAP. It was close to three now, and there was a likelihood traffic was going to be a bitch. 
but I just had to go ask Miss Washington some follow-up questions. Hopefully she was still home. Hell, she should be. That was if she was really a traumatized rape victim. Shit, most of the victims of rape or any other form of extreme trauma who I interviewed over the years barely left their house after they'd been through a horrible situation. It was something so revealing about that smile Miss Washington had earlier, too. Although I was starting to feel very fucking tired because I hadn't been asleep in nearly two days, I was energized more than ever. The truth was inching closer and closer, and I knew this case was going to be reopened once I solved another piece of this crazy-ass puzzle. I made my way onto the expressway, hoping rush hour didn't begin yet. To my luck, 290 was virtually empty. Just that quick, I forgot I needed to follow up with Jake about those rape kit test results, so I reached over to the passenger seat, grabbed my phone, and dialed Jake. Within seconds, he answered the phone with a laugh and then roared, What the fuck are you doing calling me, Colvin? You're supposed to be asleep. I can't sleep, I said back to him. I got something to tell you. Dude, get a bottle of Jack, smoke a cigar, and call it the fucking night. You stress yourself out, my guy. The job isn't that serious. Whatever. Something isn't right, Jake. Look, don't tell the lieutenant this, but I just left Mr. Andrews' last place of employment before he got locked up. Something's not right. Yeah, and the thing's not right to me is my guy. When white people say that, and this is the true question, if y'all have an answer, let me know. When y'all say that, is that your way of saying my nigga? Okay. Oh, God, what the fuck are you doing, man? Do you really want to get in trouble, brother? Jake, the man was gay. I told you something wasn't right. My intuition never fails me. Dude... I'm telling you, I can't be wrong about this one. What? Jake shouted. And how in the fuck would she know that? When he worked at this nursing home, he tried to get his partner onto his health insurance plan, but because they weren't legally married, he couldn't do it. Crazy thing was, she still had a health insurance application of his, and the dude was even listed on it as a domestic partner, I said, chuckling. I'm telling you, something isn't right. I just know it. Okay, well... How does this change much? Jake asked as I could hear him tapping what sounded like a pen or pencil on his desk. Besides, what the fuck are you doing, man? You know you don't have the lieutenant's permission to be going out of your way to be having fucking conversation with individuals over a closed investigation, he said, sounding as if she was whispering. She? Wait, what? Jake. We're talking to Jake. How's this she? Okay. I guess he didn't want anyone to hear what he was saying. That was his way of protecting me. If someone else in the unit would have heard this conversation, they probably would have marched right into the lieutenant's office to snitch. And I wouldn't put it past anyone because I wasn't that much of a well-liked individual in our unit. I wonder why. Other than Candace and Jake, everyone else loathed the fact that I had an extreme work ethic. Sorry I couldn't help the fact that I did my job and did it with conviction. This motherfucker is the type of motherfucker who goes to the interviews where they say, what's your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness is that I work too hard. I take the job too seriously. I love my job. Get the fuck out of my face. Listen, Jake. Our suspect spent years working in fucking nursing homes all throughout Chicago. Sure, he did a stint for armed robbery, which to a degree is starting to sound very off character. I'm going to look more into that. But this man knew our victim pretty well. Even she said it. She's not telling the full truth about this situation. I'm not buying her story at all, I explained. Look, 
just do me a favor and see if those test results came back from the rape kit. Okay. Well, I'm pulling the case notes back up. Let me see if Lab added the rape kit results, Jake said. Speeding through traffic, I waited impatiently like a kid on Christmas Eve. I just knew once he opened up those results, we'd have all the evidence we needed to corroborate the fact that Miss Washington wasn't some all-out victim of sexual assault. Bingo. They added him to the case notes. Let's see what we got here, Jake muttered. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Here at the bottom, it reads, There was no trace of the suspect's semen found in the victim's mouth or vagina. However, this is not conclusive that there was no attempt at sexual assault. The victim's bruising inside of her thighs is consistent that there was at least an attempt at rape. Hmm. So essentially, we have an inconclusive rape kit, I said. Yeah, but come on, Colvin. What the fuck does that even prove? You and I know the rape kits don't mean shit. And just because semen wasn't found doesn't discount the possibility of penetration. Hell, for all we know, the suspect could have used a condom. But there were no traces of latex to suggest that. So a condom definitely wasn't used. Okay, but what exactly are you getting at here? Add two and two together. Suspect goes over to the victim's house and there's no screaming or yelling her for the duration of the night. Nobody in the neighborhood, let alone the complex, hears anything. Her neighbors live close by. Then we discover our suspect was gay? Yeah, but what about the old white guy next door, Jake asks. Remember, he said he didn't hear a word. He had no idea what was going on, I retorted. Right, but he did say he suspected something was off because he heard loud crashing here and there, but he didn't want to get involved in the woman's business, Jake said back to me. I shook my head. Yeah, 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 but come on. I'm going to get into contact with this significant other, too. Colvin, just stop while you're ahead, okay? Why are you gunning after this 76-year-old woman so hard? Besides, so what if the suspect was gay? How do we even know if that's even the truth? What if he was lying to get health care benefits for a friend? What if he was bisexual? We don't know the full extent of this man's sexuality, and we won't get that now because our suspect is dead. Bro, I'm gunning after the truth. But now that you mention it, there's even a remote chance our victim may have actually been in some sort of relationship with the suspect, I said. You know, God, no. That woman's literally old enough to be the suspect's grandmother. That would be horrible. Oh, God, that's fucking disgusting. A young, gay, or bisexual guy having sex with an older woman? Dude, go to fucking sleep. You're losing your shit. Jake, think about this for a moment. The woman drives a fucking high-powered Mustang. She's... They put windowed. They put she's windowed. What the fuck? She's widowed. She has no children. Mind you, I don't know if you noticed, but the woman's house somewhat reeked of fucking weed. Did you not also notice some of the wardrobe she had in that hamper? Nothing about that woman's house gave off humble, church-going grandma vibes. This woman probably has a thing for younger guys. I put my money on it, I said. And even if she did, how does that change this already closed investigation? Like, you're really pushing it. What if he didn't rape her? What if they had a huge argument and she ended up killing him? And what evidence do you have for that? I don't have any, but I'm sure a confession would suffice. Oh God, you are really fucking pushing it, Jake barked. So with no fucking evidence at all, you mean to tell me you're going to accuse this woman of outright homicide? There's something deeper to this story, though. I'm sure of it, bro. I just can't fathom why a young guy like Mr. Andrews will form this years-long friendship with this woman who's literally decades older than him. It makes no sense at all, I said. 
but it actually makes all the sense. Yeah, look, I'm going to start working on this new case, but Colvin, you really need to drop this shit and move the fuck on. You're really fucking pushing it, brother. Like you're asking yourself for more than a department move. You're asking to get fucking fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, go ahead and work on that case. I'm going to continue digging. Colvin, what the fuck are you doing? Jake barked, but before I could let him continue shouting his bullshit at me, I ended the phone call. Honestly, Jake was right, though. I had no idea what I was really doing at this point, and once again, I could hear the words of the lieutenant fire off at the back of my mind. Let it go. Stop being so fucking obsessed. But obsession was what made me good at my job. And a lack of obsession is what made some people just absolutely suck at good police work. With that being said, crazy as it sounded, I was speeding my ass right back over to Miss Washington's place to ask that woman some more questions. In fact, I was going to ask her a million questions, and if she didn't like it, then oh fucking well. With the day fading in the late afternoon, I needed to get to this woman's house as soon as possible before at least started blowing up my phone again. Last thing I needed to do was run her some more game. That just would have been a complete asshole move on my part. Yeah, that. That would have been the asshole move. A good 20 minutes later, I was now idling on the side street, right in front of Miss Washington's townhouse. The cleaning crew that she hired to clean up her place was still here, but I didn't see her car parked out front. Perhaps she went to go run some errands. But who the fuck was running errands when her ass was just in the hospital not too long after being raped? I don't know the answer to that, and I can't state it in a way that would be gracious. Looking out the front pasture window, a debate was going off in my mind if I should go inside and snoop around. That was definitely against the law, but at this point, I just didn't really care. If she came back and caught me, I'd just run some crazy excuse. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it just would have been stupid for me to do that. I couldn't just waltz up into somebody's house without a warrant. Not only would that cost me my job, but it would definitely land me behind bars. I had to think of something else, but with time quickly passing and no idea where this woman was, I had to at least make an attempt. I sat in my driver's seat some more, contemplating my next move. Fuck it. I turned the car engine off, yanked the keys out of the ignition, and rushed out the car towards the driveway, but before I could make it to the door, I heard somebody yell out, Sir, are you the police? I turned to my left and saw this older-looking white man cautiously make his way towards me. Yes, I am, I responded to him. How can I help you? I asked as he got a foot away from me. I'd instantly recognized him. He was Miss Washington's neighbor. Hi, I'm Dan. Dan Kilpatrick. I'm Vernita's neighbor, he replied, extending his hand towards me. I shook it, saying, I'm Detective Colvin. How can I be of assistance? I'm concerned about Vernita. I've been meaning to say something for quite some time now, but I'm thoroughly concerned about her welfare. She hasn't been the same for quite some time now. I don't know what's going on with her. Instantly, my brow rose out of curiosity. Care to explain? Mr. Kilpatrick, probably in his mid to late 70s, gripped his waist and pursed his lips as if he was trying to fight back a confession. From the flat look on his face, I knew this old-ass white man was about to tell me something that would help me further drill down just who exactly this woman was. I think Vernita has very bad dementia. I think she may even have Parkinson's disease. I'm not quite sure. I've been trying to help her out here and there. We used to be really good friends, but this last year and a half, I've noticed her entire condition's been changing. Then, I don't know if y'all were all made aware of this, but she was recently hospitalized. I found her passed out after she almost burned down her house. Why are you exposing games to these cops like that? 
I know, I know, I know. Y'all don't get the same rules we get. Okay, fine. Also, he's 70 and she's 70, so he shouldn't be Mr. and she's just Renita. Like, that's fucked up. That's, that's, that's patriarchy right there. Call her Miss Washington. Y'all ain't friends. My face instantly twists with surprise. Maybe that's why he calls her Vernita and she calls him Miss Washington. Or she calls him Mr. Kilpatrick. Because he thinks of them as friends and she does not. Ooh. My face instantly twists with surprise. Hospitalized? Do you know why she was admitted or what ended up being wrong? No, I don't know at all, sir. But my suspicion tells me Vernita either has Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. I think she's been diagnosed, but it's just been in denial. Earlier this morning when she came back from the hospital, I tried to spark up a conversation with her, but she was going off on the taxi driver who had dropped her off. He continued on saying, she told me everything was fine and just brushed me off, but as I watched her go inside of her house, I heard her speaking to herself. I try my best to just ignore everything, but everything just tells me that she's not well. At all. Everything she's doing just reminds me of my deceased wife. A frown came across Mr. Kilpatrick's face and then tears swam down his wrinkled cheeks. Judy, my wife, died from Alzheimer's and I see the signs of Renita. Something's just wrong and I know it. She needs help, sir. I just fear that she also might be showing signs of hallucinations. How the fuck? Like, really? You're gonna... So this motherfucker, just from looking at her, is able to say all these things and be perfectly right? Like, bitch, you guessed it! Type right? Like, all of these things? Come on now. Really? She did not spend enough time talking to this dude for him to assert that she has Alzheimer's, maybe Parkinson's, and dementia when that's exactly what her doctor just told her. Get the fuck out of my face. Some bullshit. I was truly taken aback and then my mind began to drift off into different possibilities of what may or may not have happened last night. What do you mean? Even before the craziness of last night, from time to time I see her talking to herself in the driveway. It was like she was having full-on conversations with people. Often I didn't want to say or interrupt her. I didn't tell anyone about this last night. I just felt... I felt so bad that something could even happen like this, Mr. Kilpatrick said, sobbing between his words. I'm glad you told me this, Mr. Kilpatrick. This is very helpful. Do you have an idea where she could have gone? I asked as all I kept thinking was how everything about Miss Washington was just so strange. No idea. All I know is I saw her storm out of her place with a bunch of bags in her hand. Looked like she was carrying some luggage. Then she hopped in her car and took off. Does Vernita have any friends or family members? Not that I know of, Mr. Kilpatrick replied as he wiped his face free of tears. That's because y'all ain't friends, nigga. You don't know her life. Or I'm sorry. That's because y'all ain't friends, my guy. You don't know her life. So Vernita never talked about romantic acquaintances? No, not at all. Other than her husband, and I only met Clarence once before he turned ill. Interesting. So you never saw any mail come by? No, not at all. Well, actually, now that I think about it, from time to time, I see some young fella come by. One time, I saw him come by with another young fella. But when I see him, he carried dumbbells and some other exercise equipment with him. Maybe it was her fitness instructor or something. I know Vernita often exercised at the health club over on 47th Street. A light bulb instantly went off in my head. I had to get over to the gym on 47th Street. The L.A. Fitness, I asked. Yes, the L.A. Fitness. 
Okay, thank you. Well, I have to get going. I came by to check up on her, but I see she isn't home. But she left the cleaning crew there by themselves. That's interesting. Mr. Kilpatrick shrugged his shoulders. Well, I have to get going. My stomach is killing me, and I got a roast in the oven. Thank you so much, Detective. Mr. Kilpatrick gave me a nervous smile and then walked back over to his driveway. So this dude didn't do nothing but just expose game on Vernita just all the way through. And then, well, I guess I'll just see you later. I watched him go inside before I proceeded to make my way up Miss Washington's driveway and towards her front door. I rang the doorbell, but I'm sure the sound of what sounded like a high-powered vacuum cleaner drowned out the chiming. I waited for a moment to see if someone would come to the door. I looked around, then exhaled, knowing I was possibly committing career suicide by entering this woman's house without a search warrant. Fuck it, I grunted, grabbing the doorknob and opening the front door. Guess it was my luck that the door had been unlocked. Once again, that deep, intuitive feeling began to fire off in my core. As I cautiously walked inside the house, the sound of the vacuuming became more pronounced, damn near cracking my ears. Nonetheless, looking around the townhouse, I was amazed at just how lavish this place was on the inside. The woman had this place completely decked the fuck out. It didn't quite hit me just how much luxury this woman was living in when I arrived on the scene earlier this morning. I glanced over into the living room, taking in the expensive leather couches, the high-end entertainment center, and other pieces of furniture that looked like they were imported from somewhere in Europe. Shit was a tad mind-blowing. According to my notes, the woman was a retired DMV worker. I didn't know what her deceased husband did for a living. Nonetheless, nothing about this place screamed that it belonged to a woman who processed driver's license applications for a living. Perhaps her deceased husband was the one with the more refined taste. Who knew? But all of this was still very much a mystery. Here you have a woman married to a man for decades, but then he dies, presumably from natural causes. They have no children. No identifiable next of kin. No family, friends, or associates. Miss Washington, oddly enough, was a lone wolf. But then again, she did mention a friend. And this woman was recently deceased, apparently. Now that I thought about. What? Oh, probably now that I thought about it. Okay, let's try that. Now that I thought about it, Miss Washington was probably at her friend's wake or funeral. Perhaps she decided to spend some time with the friend's relatives. Who knew? I made my way past the kitchen and laughed when I saw a fruit bowl filled with tangerines sitting on the countertop. Shaking my head and chuckling, I trekked down the hallway as I made my way towards the master bedroom. As I got closer towards the bedroom, I saw the two Mexican guys dressed in white jumpsuits furiously vacuuming the entire bedroom floor. Damn, now that the blood and gore from early this morning was gone, the bedroom looked completely different. Looked like a presidential suite up in the damn W or some other upscale hotel in downtown. I didn't want to disturb these guys because they looked like they were deep into work, and if they were anything like me, I hated to be fucking distracted, but I had to know where Miss Washington went. So I gently knocked on the side of the door, and suddenly the two men turned around and looked at me. They both turned their vacuum cleaners off, and then pulled the N95 mask down from their mouths. Excuse me, but who are you? One of them asked. They both looked like they were no older than 30. Hey guys, I'm Detective Colvin with the Chicago Police Department, I said as I pulled out my badge and ID and flashed it to him. Do you know where Miss Washington went? The other young guy shrugged his shoulders. Seemed like she took off to go stay with someone or something. Don't know, but she told us to get her place cleaned up as quickly as possible and lock it up when we were done. She had bags and stuff with her? Yeah. Did she make mention of when she'd be back? Don't know. 
the same guy responded, once again shrugging his shoulders. Okay, damn. Well, I paused for a moment, and then awkward silence filled the room. Well, I'm going to get going, I told him and began to proceed back down the hallway. However, a sudden thought came to mind. Like, damn, this lady really trusts these two guys to be here by themselves? Wait, I'm confused. So she just took off and told you guys to clean the place up? How are you going to lock up? She gave us a key, the other guy responded. Interesting. My gut feeling began to grow in intensity. Really interesting. Anyways, I'll get going. Thanks for the information. Hey, um, detective? One of the guys called out to grab my attention. She's kind of weird, bro. Like fucking weird as shit. Before she left out, we heard her talking to herself. It was almost as if she was having a full-on conversation with someone else in the bathroom. Was she on her cell phone or something? Both of the cleaners looked at each other, and then they looked at me as if they had seen a ghost. No, not at all. She said she was on the phone, but when she walked out the bathroom, she grabbed what looked like a cell phone off her nightstand. It was strange as shit. She might be crazy, bro. She didn't tell us what happened. Y'all are really fucking comfortable with this cop. Like the phrase bro is only used in a comfort situation and y'all are really fucking comfortable with this cop to tell him all this woman's information. Thought y'all knew. Really? My eyebrow lifted with more curiosity. Yeah, so what happened? I, um, well I guess you do have the right to know. But she was raped last night and then she killed the alleged perpetrator with an envelope opener. That's why there was blood everywhere. But it looks like you guys did a pretty good job, I see. What the fuck? Fuck, bro. I told you she was crazy as shit. The other guy laughed. Let's just hurry up and do this shit and peace the fuck out, bro. I didn't get good vibes from this chick at all. I chuckled. I don't either. The two guys quickly turned their vacuum cleaners back on and went right back to work. This time they seemed to be putting in 100% more effort to get the bedroom spotless as quickly as possible so they can get out. Interesting how they even picked up on the woman's crazy vibes. More proof in the pudding that Miss Washington was definitely missing a few screws in her head. I exited out of the bedroom and made my way down the hallway. A part of me wanted to check out the other rooms in the house. Fuck it. I opened the first door off to my left. It was a guest bathroom. Nothing of interest in there. I took a couple more steps and opened another door that was on the left. The door opened and I strolled into what looked like a guest room. Nothing but a single queen-size mattress sitting on top of a wood frame bed sat in the center of the room. Although the lights were off, I noticed the walls were painted baby blue. Odd color choice. Maybe at one point this bedroom was occupied by a young boy or a kid. Then again, Miss Washington didn't have any kids, let alone grandchildren. I walked deeper into the room and then over to a sliding door closet with a mirror attached to it. I slid the closet door open and quickly scanned the small closet up and down. It was completely empty. Not even a single hanger was in sight. I quickly closed the closet door, then I dashed out the room. At this point, I was definitely treading on thin ice by searching this woman's house with no warrant. And even if I wanted to get a warrant, I needed justifiable cause. And a justifiable cause I didn't have. The only thing I had in possession was just this hunch. This hunch better lead me to a fucking pot of gold, otherwise I was going to be out of a pension. Although my gut was telling me Miss Washington was going to be away for some time, there was a part of me that kept envisioning that at any moment she could come bumbling through her front door and catch me. It would definitely be over for me then. 
Old ladies like her were professionals at complaining. And despite the fact that she'd have to call up a long chain to reach a lieutenant, old people had all the fucking time in the world to get into contact with the right head person in charge to get someone fired. Shit was indeed risky, but there was just something. Something that kept compelling me to search the fuck out of this woman's house, even if it meant that I was committing career suicide. I made my way to another door towards the end of the hallway on the right. Before I opened the door, I looked down towards the master bedroom, just to make sure I didn't have those two guys staring at me, wondering what the hell I was doing going through that woman's shit. The last thing I wanted was for them to report back to her that I had come to her house unannounced and they had witnessed me going through her shit. Then again, they probably wouldn't even have given a damn, given just how spooked out they seemed by her. I cautiously opened the door and peered into the dark room. It was completely empty. I looked back down the hallway again one more time just to make sure I didn't have curious eyes on me. Clear. I strolled in and rushed over to another closet. I slid the door open and this closet too was empty. Damn it, I grumbled and quickly slid the closet door back closed. I rushed out of the room and then closed the door. Shaking my head out of frustration, I zipped past the kitchen, making my way towards the door. However, my eyes caught hold of another door between the stove and another closet door that was probably a pantry. I froze. That wasn't a door leading to a garage. Maybe it was a bigger pantry? I didn't know, but once again my curiosity was boiling over like lava from a volcano. A debate went off in my conscience as to what my next move was going to be. My unblinking eyes were enslaved to the doorknob. Fuck it. I dashed over to the door and opened it. Although the room was dark, bright light coming from the kitchen allowed me to get a partial glimpse of what exactly this room was, and indeed it was a pantry. Shelves were installed to the wall and they were lined with canned goods, boxed of cereal, paper towels, and other typical dry goods. Miss Washington had enough food and other items up in here to survive an apocalypse or a natural disaster. Her ass must have been one of those extreme couponers. People like that got on my fucking nerves. Motherfuckers like that were always buying unnecessary shit. Just because some shit was on sale for a penny doesn't mean you need to get it. Why the fuck is this dude such a hater? Why is he hating on everything? Like, literally everything she does pisses him off. He... He shouldn't be the, 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 the detective for this case. He's clearly biased in every single way. I quickly scanned the room, and then to my surprise, there was yet another door. Damn, this house is like a fucking maze. I walked inside the pantry, and I glanced up, noticing that there was a small lighting fixture in the center of the ceiling. I looked over my shoulder and saw the light switch. I cut the light on, and then walked over to this other door. I paused for a moment debating whether or not I should yet take another dive down this rabbit hole. Damn, well, I've gone this far. Might as well see what the hell this lady got in her house. I grabbed the doorknob, slowly opened the door, and yet again, to my motherfucking shock, I stood staring down a dark staircase. I began to proceed down, then rubbed the side of the wall to see if there was a light switch. It was, and I turned on what was a small ceiling light that immediately lit up the entire staircase. Nausea grown within me, I descended down the staircase. The sound of my footsteps thumping against the hardwood steps echoed in my ears as I got closer and closer to the bottom floor. Once there, I stared off into nothing but a dark room. I pulled out my cell phone and turned on the flashlight app to illuminate my immediate surrounding area. Then I saw another light switch. I flicked it on and my eyes widened when I realized I was in a virtually empty basement. The walls were painted a light sea green. The only piece of furniture in the room was a single shelf that was lined with books. 
I walked deeper into the basement wondering if there would be another door to journey through. There was one, however, from the rumbling I could hear emanating from it, it was probably just a boiler room. I strolled over to the door, grabbed the doorknob to open it, but the door was locked. I noticed you needed a key to gain entry. That boiling room had a weird putrid smell coming from it, but the smell wasn't something similar to a dead body. Shit, I'd be able to recognize that smell anywhere, from a thousand miles away. The smell was moldy, almost a bit fishy too. Perhaps there was some wood rotten up in there. Besides, if Miss Washington was some crazy serial killer, which I knew she wasn't, she wouldn't store no damn dead bodies up here in her house. No, she was the type that if she did do some killing, she was probably smart enough to dispose of the bodies in a vacant property somewhere. Dude, this is the same Miss Washington who left the fucking tangerines in the stocking in the bottom of her hamper. She's 77. She ain't that... I didn't even know why I was going down that train of thought because this one was damn near 80 and so far I knew absolutely nothing about this woman. I didn't even know why I was allowing my mind to think she was a murderer. I was really taking things too far, but man, that hunch. It was just growing and growing the more I looked around this room. Something in here was trying to grab my attention. I could just feel it. I scanned the room and then my eyes landed on that shelf. I walked over and noticed the entire shelf was lined with books that were probably collecting decades worth of dust. Scanning each section of the shelf, nothing really stood out to me. But that was until I got to the second to last part of the shelf and noticed a laptop. An expensive looking MacBook at that, sitting vacant. But that wasn't really what stood out to me. What really set alarms ringing off in my head was a splatter of what seemed like blood on the laptop. The investigative gut feeling ramped up in intensity and my intuition was telling me to grab the laptop. All the evidence I needed was right there on that laptop. Mike, grab the fucking laptop. This old bitch. I grabbed the laptop and rushed over to the light switch to turn the lights off in the basement. I ran back up the staircase and before I exited out, I turned the staircase light off as well. Definitely didn't want to leave any traces someone had been down in her basement. I exited out of the pantry, rushed out of the kitchen, and just before I made my way to the front door, I looked down the hallway and noticed the two cleaners still going at it. They were completely undistracted and probably didn't even realize I was still in the house. Perfect, I mumbled to myself, and then flew out the front door. I popped open the back of the car trunk, threw the laptop on top of my shit. I then hopped in the front seat, chucked the engine up, and sped off and made my way back to the apartment. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was going to get forensics to check out the blood on this laptop. I'm so fucking mad at this dude for giving me a full 40 minute foray into this dude's fucking investigation. Like, I don't... I don't like Colvin, so to be forced to deal with this motherfucker and his hunches for 40 minutes is fucking torture. Also, every single step you took was illegal, and you knew that, so why the fuck would you take evidence? Now it's inconclusive. Now you can't even use it. As soon as you pop up with it, you should get fired. Also, also, why the fuck is Vernita keeping a laptop hidden in a fucking basement that... Why the... Okay, so here's the thing. We read part one of this book. We read the first book in this series already. And in the first book of this series, they didn't mention nothing about a basement, a pantry, an offshoot of a pantry, a side room, all this extra shit. They didn't mention none of this. Why are they turning this into a horror story now? Like, seriously. I'm cool with you having this stuff if you mention it at some point in the other book. 
You can't just pop up with shit out of nowhere like, oh, this happened. Like, there's nothing to indicate that this would have happened. Nothing at all. So, surprisingly, we only got to do one chapter for this uh, episode because that chapter was long as fuck. And it was all Colvin. Like, I just feel dirty now. Like, I need to get in the fucking shower. 916-633-1537 is the voicemail number. Go ahead and call me. Leave a message. I'll play it on the show. Um. Also, wretchedandratchet at gmail.com is the email address. Leave me an email. I'll read it on the show. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Hit me up on there. DM me. I'll talk about it. I mean, I won't discuss a direct conversation on Twitter, but I'll talk about what happens in the DMs. It's just stuff happens too quickly on my Twitter feed, and I lose a lot of stuff. So, But if you hit me in the DMs, I'll talk to you about it, or I'll talk about it on the show. And please leave a review. Please. Uh, go to Podchaser or go to Apple or go to Stitcher and please leave a review. Because um, I guess that's the lifeblood of podcasts. And go to Patreon and uh, become a member. For $5, you can get this shit literally week, at least in advance. Um, And go to buy me a coffee and buy me a book. Because that'll help me pay for books that I don't want to pay for. Thank y'all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name, you slip.